Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Okay, what's the bottle? Uh, this is a uh, Cortez du Rhone. It's a... Not Cortez, but Cote. Well, it's a Mexican-French. Uh, Cortez du Rhone. No, Cote. Cote du Rhone from the Rhone region in France, which is in southern France. For the layperson, it's a 2016 Shiraz. Could be the southern part near Italy or the southern part near Spain? It was it's south. So it's right. just the southern part. Right. It's the uh, rockiest uh, vineyards in the world almost. Lots of... Uh, Stones. It is an Appalachian. It says it there. Okay. okay. Thanks. You're not making me feel good, Chris. No, uh, it's your job, not mine. But you know what does make me feel good? <laughs> this is winner's piss, boys. You only got awarded this <laughs> bottle if you won the trivia championship of the world at Kickstart, which my table destroyed you. But you know what? I thought that's not fair. I'll share the winnings with uh, with everybody. So congratulations to table four. And uh, can can I ask you a question? Yes, and you obviously I know you you you'll answer with honesty. Yes, mate. Did you win by ass or by skill? No, it was actual skill. Uh, there was a stacked field. We had myself, McSeveny, Dylan, Troy Howe, a Canillus offered nothing. <laughs> but Joel, so Joel remembered every wine from the taste testing at leadership. <laughs> Rod pulled something out, and I can't remember what, and I somehow worked out that the hairiest member hired in the last year at Wisley was a dog. So we won on skill. It was absolutely <laughs> no... I'm like, no one else is coming up with that stuff. Oh, dear. But Joel did well. For a bloke who came second in that competition, he goes, it was a this, a this, a this, a this, and a this. And I'm like, oh, we got this. No one even came close. But he was up on having a drink off with Rob. Yeah. So, so you had Rod and Joel I had both. Yeah, so the wine question we might have had we would have been yeah, favourites, but nah, I, boys, boys done good, champions. That's Pour all I can say. For the bloody one. Let's drink some winners' piss. All right, let's try this. So this week, Senna, Ayrton Senna. What do you guys know? Man, you know, <laughs> what do we know? Uh, just so everyone knows who hasn't doesn't know where we're recording this from, we are surrounded by well, there's two a shrine. Six, there's a shrine to Ayrton Senna. Just about <laughs> fourteen, sixteen. There's seventeen. Framed photographs of Anton Senna surrounding us. I think we're at seven, eight. You'll add it a few just in case. The boardroom has at least six. (laughs) Go on. Just pull yourself away. What I know is we're going to hand the floor over to... 19, 19. Picture of Thomas that thinks he's Senna, 20. Here's what I want to know from you, TL. Yeah. That's a good question, is it? I just ask him a question. What do you know? So yeah. when you no, don't know, know you is, just throw back a question. No, what yeah. I, what I, I get I, it. What I know is this bloke is your absolute. I don't know what you want to call him. Is he your hero? Is he your idol? Is he? Is he what? Cheers, boys. And, Cheers. and then. So what's the difference between uh, idol and hero? Yeah, well, that's oh, that's, that's another good question. Good question. But let's uh, go to the first question before we get to that question. It was one of the the pages in February of the last book said don't have him. Seneca was the one who said. Don't have heroes. Don't have heroes. He just he respects hard work and a couple of other things. So for a sports person to be the the person on this planet that you've chosen to surround yourself with on a on a twenty four hour basis almost, <laughs> I'm extremely interested. And a, and a race driver because they're not normally the ones. 
when pe- people go, who are your heroes or who do you aspire you're right, to you're right, yeah. be, it's very rarely a race car driver. No. So I'm more interested in, oh, in God. that, my brother. Okay. Cheers, yeah. anyway, boys. Sorry. Cheers. Cheers again. Because, look, it, it, let's be honest. I've got some things I want to point out. Chris has probably got some things. No. But you are the... Senna aficionado. You're the aficionado here. No. And we won't be doing him justice. No, so no I think that uh, Senna is not my hero. Okay. And Senna is not my idol. Okay. Well. Senna represents or epitomizes some of the things that I would like to espouse, I would like to Ooh, adopt nice. in my life. That's all. Okay. It's got to be more. I'm going to call. It's got to be more than that, brother, because you're surrounded with 17 photos on your wall. So some, some of those, some, does he hold similar values, do you believe, maybe to what yeah, you... Yeah, for example, one of the biggest things that I embrace from him is his ability, when he d- is working, to fully immerse himself into his work. That whenever he is driving a car or he's analysing something in the garage, that picture, by the way, guys, nobody else got it in, in, in the world... And that's all he does. He no, does at 100%. Not even one thought has gone to, uh, where am I going to take my uh, spouse to tonight? You know. But then the other bit that he has too is, it's one thing to fight like a gladiator when you're on a racetrack. Make sure you know how to live. Yeah. And hence this one there always reminds me, make sure you know how to live. Mm. That life, it, I've said it so many times, we only work part-time. But living, we live full-time. So we need to understand that life is about full-time living, part-time work. And the third thing that I really embrace from him is if you have these two in some, to some kind of balance, make sure you start giving. That you go out there, you help others. That, you know, the pursuit of more and more and more, that does not make your life better. But the pursuit of making better people around you, that will just give you so much satisfaction. And I think that these are the three things I love about what he does. Yeah. Okay. So for the uninitiated, who's Ayrton Senna? Oh, that's the a question I'm going to ask you. Because Formula you One driver, was a Formula One driver. So I don't know if a lot of his, since Lewis Hamilton come in, I don't know if a lot of his records still stack up. Uh, most pole positions, 65 pole positions during his career, and I don't think anyone would have beat him because his career was cut short, as, yep. as we all know. Yeah, uh, so I don't think anyone could have beat him in his career span in you know, 10 years. In that 10 so he years. won three world championships, which has been smashed now because of the way the cars go, but totally different considered game. one of the best drivers of all time. Died in a crash in 1994. So an absolute genius when it comes to wet weather. No one could hold a candle to him when it comes to wet weather. That's funny. That's a bit of a conundrum. But uh, just no one believed how he would handle a car in wet weather. He would actually go harder and faster than anyone else could ever believe would be possible when it rained. He loved it, and no one could understand how he did that. I just find so I was I'm two young guys. I was twelve when he died. So um, the most I ever knew of him, if I did know anything, was race car driver. But trying to do a bit of research on his life, and and again I go back to what I said at the start. It's very rare for someone to pull out a race car driver to surround themselves with twenty four seven. He's one of the rare people. Go, oh, sports people are role models, and our kids are looking up to him. But it seems like. He spent his time while he was competing and his whole life while alive trying to inspire people. And, you know, he was criticised for bringing a lot of his religious beliefs into a lot of what he was trying to teach people. But he actually wasn't trying to inspire people just by, I'm Lewis Hamilton and I'm great. He was actually trying to teach people about life while he was still alive. Is that, am I close? I don't, I wasn't. No, I think that his religion is personal. <coughs> that was for him. He, he, I don't think that I've ever witnessed him 
trying to push religion down anybody else's throat. That was for him. That I think that his religion was his a personal. God and him, it was about a personal relationship. I don't think he was guarded in his talk, and that's where it might come off. When someone asked him, he would say, I thanked God for it. And he's finished a race and went in. You've, it was you've something I picked up. God. But yeah, yeah but, but he, he went further guarded. than that. He, he went further than that. He, he would say things like, God showed me the way. Oh, you know, so a lot he was of speaking about the personal relationship he had. And I think that you know, this is where people need to stop. We need to stop criticizing people because the way they look at the world is not the same as ours. You know, I maybe I don't have the same kind of belief as Ethan, but that does not mean that I don't respect the way he sees the world. We need to have that respect. So is he a guy that was trying to inspire other people using his racing and other things while he was still alive or is he someone who like happens with a lot of people after they're gone we decide that they are an inspirational figure this is what i mean by i wasn't old enough to understand was he looked upon as some sort of gandhi or, or inspirational in figure brazil, while he was, was. In while brazil. he was alive or in brazil he was a national hero they yeah. loved him in, in at the time he was winning brazil was in turmoil not that it's like out of you know any wonderful place at the moment, beautiful place to visit, but politically and and you know there's a lot of poverty. It was in the depths of corruption and poverty while he was winning, and he was like their guiding light uh, during that time. And even to today, they go through Brazil and they ask people in Brazil, you know, who represents the people of Brazil, or if they mention his name, everyone loves him. Yeah. He, he's looked as like an absolute idol. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people are. I mean, a, a good example of today's life is Kobe Bryant. Everyone's now decided that Kobe Bryant is this huge inspirational figure. While he was alive, though, it was almost the complete opposite. He no, I, I, while he was alive. While he was alive. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, while he was alive, Eton was already pretty high. Yeah, His but, funeral, uh, there was more than two or three million people lining the streets on his motorcade. It was bigger than a presidential funeral. <laughs> This thing was crazy. The they declared the three days of, of mourning, National yeah. Day. Yeah, he, was, now, huh? he was like the superstar of Brazil that he was giving back to the poor of Brazil while he was alive and continues to do today, but while he was alive. Hundreds and thousands of dollars and feeding millions of kids. Yeah, Back in the days when he was doing it, he was actually trying to help Brazil stand back up from all the problems they were going through. Mm -hmm. And so his organization, actually, up until probably still today, every year still sponsors over 50,000 kids of the favelas. Mm -hmm. They go there, they look for kids that are probably in need of help and tell them, you go to school, we will just put you into a sports team. And that, that is crazy after so many years after his death. I look at this way. I have maybe a way of seeing what he does. And I, I know a fair amount because I've, I've read everything I could read about it. But when you ask Michael Schumacher of many, a few years ago, who was his hero, who was number one? Michael Schumacher said, Ayrton Senna, for me, is number one. When you see Lewis Hamilton driving Senna's car and then afterwards, he's in tears, yeah. right? So this, to me, when you look at the guys that are at the top of their game, in their own field, putting him at the top. I don't understand that. And, and this is why I say I cannot say anything about that. But looking at the way he lives his life, I wish we have that. I mean, not many people know, for example, that Ayrton was sent to Europe to 
try in Formula 3, I think. And he was a bit unhappy. He was uh, unhappy because he was away from home. But then as he, he started to get good, his father now, his father's business was struggling. And they needed Ayrton to come back and help. So this guy and walks away from his love, his, his passion, to just go and help his dad. I mean, how many children would do that? You, I, I asked the question. How many children today would say, I will walk away from my passion because that needs me? And, and I think that tells me about the person. This is what I look at. Uh, and I think that the, the rest is that when his dad found out he was unhappy away from his passion and after his help, he sent him back. He said, mate, you better go and fulfill your dreams. And to me, that is, if that doesn't tell you much about a person, mm. it's just crazy. And another thing, in, in one, there was one race where a, a French driver lost control of his Formula One. Yep. It broke into half. It's burst into fire. And it stopped uh, in the middle of a track on fire. The driver doesn't get out. Ayrton just happened to drive past and he could hear that the throttle was at maximum. He's thinking this thing is going to explode. He parked his car, runs, and just made sure that he switched the engine off. Man, that could have exploded. Yep. You tell me how many people would do that. Mm. These are the qualities I like. So I, I don't have heroes. I just have pieces and glimpses of a person doing things consistently right. And I would like to emulate some of those actions, not become them because I'll never drive like them, not, not become them because I'll never be obsessed like them. But in doing my little daily chores, do it to the best of my ability. So good person first, race car driver. Absolutely. Distance second. That's so interesting. He was the best racing car driver. He was the best, right? was the best <laughs> that, that, driver, that driver that he turned the car off for actually has said that he would not be alive today if it yeah. wasn't for Ayrton Senna. The other thing you're coming back to about asking about Hamilton and Michael Shoemaker, there's a couple of the uh, documentaries I saw, and they had Alain Prost in there, and he was a big rival. Arch enemy. Super arch enemy. On the racetrack. On, on the, the racetrack, track, even, but when they are on the same team, they would have the, the meetings on the, what to do with the cars, and no one wanted to leave the, the meeting first because it was a sign of weakness. So these meetings might go for three or four hours. But he spoke about Ayrton Senna as such a reverence which you would not see from someone who was such an arch enemy on the racetrack. And he said this guy, while he was a fierce competitor, the person he was was someone absolutely outstanding. And even till today, drivers still speak the same about him. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The question without notice, is there anyone in sport who rivals him for transcending the sport and actually making a difference in order or, or is it sorry celebrity i'll say celebrity because you get look every movie star every time there's a cause to save the whales or pull a plastic bag out of the ocean or <laughs> save a cucumber there's a there's a movie star who gets on twitter and says i'm trying to change the world but no this bloke from what i've read he, he was trying to change at least his world and seems to have affected he, he's transcended formula one's not a it's popular across europe and popular across a lot of countries, but it's by no means the most popular sport in the world. So for, for someone who drove a race car to have this effect, I, I find it, and I don't know, has, has, has anyone come close? I mean, because Schumacher, we talk about Schumacher, he's sort of known for the opposite. Not being a bad human, but being an asshole. Yeah, everyone who yeah. talks about Schumacher <laughs> the competitor doesn't talk in glowing terms at all. Is there... 
Is there another comparison? I think it, but it's a bloody good question. Yeah, uh, and and my answer know. is I, I don't think so. And to answer the question even further, there will be one because the Anton Senna... Can you come, see one right now? I can't come. see one. No, well, there, there's, there's, been, there's been people with moments of glory and, you know... I, I, uh, not about the glory, just the whole, the whole but, but thing. But moments where they've pushed through different things and, and so forth. But to have that complete package that Senna seemed to have, which from what I've the research I've done, because until today, until we said that we're going to speak about Senna, I hadn't looked into his life. I hadn't even watched the movie Senna. Well, there's uh, two movies about him. That, uh, that struck me. Well, I'm so like, how many people have got yeah. two movies well, made go. about him? And that are race car drivers. That's the thing. Like, it's not... There you go. I mean, Tiger's got a movie about him, but golf is a worldwide yeah. thing. And then, But, mate, it must have been something special. Put it out to our listener, anyone listening, if they can think of someone that may be, you know, close at all, let us know. We might do a bit of research on them. And, yeah, because there's footy players you like, and there's, there's, you know, but... Just, There's always people that give back. I mean, Sir, Sir Bob is, Geldof did a, a heap for, you know, Greenpeace and so forth. Africa. And, and Africa and right. But did he do as much and, and was he as good at what he did and so forth? So yeah, I think it needs to be a... For everyone to be as revered. Revered is a word that you and, said. And then the revered, exactly. Absolutely, yeah. And, and in Brazil, he absolutely was still, still till today. He clearly had something special, even to the negative. I mean, he basically professed his own death because he was that concerned about the safety in Formula One. The and the day he died, he was oh, to start the chair for the new safety campaign. That, that day, that day he died. If I can say from what I watched on that documentary, things were pointing to tell him not to race. Yeah, it, it seemed that universe was telling him not to race. Even his best mate, which was uh, Sid, which was the F1 doctor. Professor. The professor said, right? yeah. He said to him, Anthony, you Sid don't Watkins. need to race. Sid Watkins. That's it. He goes, mate, you don't need to race. How about we just go, catch a plane, we'll go fishing. Yeah. And he goes, man, I've got a job to do. Uh, no, Fred. he actually said to him, if I'm going to walk away, would you walk away too? There you go. And Dr. Dean said, well, you know, I, I can't, you know, whatever. He says, I can't either. I'm a professional. I, I, I have to, a job do to do this. I've got a job to do. So Frank Williams, who who was driving for at the time, yeah, actually said that night before he questioned whether Santa would race that day, and I think they had a dinner or something on that night. He said this for a few people. I'm questioning if actually Santa's going to race the was next it, day. Was it? And I didn't see this in my research, but I, something's come back to me. Was it the day before someone died in an F2 game? Yeah, Ratzenberger. Yeah. So it was a it was yeah. a real bad weekend, and that's yeah. why all the yeah. stuff. Ratzenberger died on yeah. a Saturday. Uh, Rubens Barrichello broke his wrist. Had a real bad crash, yeah, yeah nearly died. And that was why all the, the premonitions And Rubens Barrichello is uh, Brazilian. Yep. And wh what's amazing is that a few weeks before that, he was there on the racetrack because he was summoned by, I think, the FIA mm -hmm. to just analyse that turn. And he said, we're going to have to move the concrete wall because someone's going to die here. So they walked up to the concrete wall, they had a look, and behind it there was a creek, and they said, oh, well, I get it, we can't move the wall because there's a creek in the back. It's, that's the wall that killed him. Mm. And these, these are spooky stuff, mate, mm. you know? And an, another thing that you would want to know, uh, so in that April 1994, Ayrton Senna stops on pole position waiting for the start of the race. And for the first time in his life, something he's never done before, he took off his helmet and his gloves, put his helmet and his glove in, on his car and, and was just closing his eyes and thinking. And he's never done it. Every single time he was at pole position, he would always keep his helmet and his gloves on, just waiting. So that, at that point in time, he did something totally different. Mm. 
it's weird stuff. He's had so many signs. Yeah, you know? they, uh, but I, I don't know. And, and this is something that may be insulting to some people. And, and I hope it's not going to insult them. But at least it's not my purpose. I, I just don't know whether sometimes you stop listening to the signs. And intuition. And get involved so much into being a professional. Mm. Be into the I have to do my duty. Mm. That even for men who believe so much in God, he did not see that maybe God sent him some signals. Mm. Yep, absolutely. 100%. And that's why I was looking at it. I think people, and it's, it's a really interesting topic, and maybe one we could go on for hours because. There's gut fear, we, we call it gut feel or the intuition or whatever. We, I think people underestimate how fucking complex we are as human beings. Yeah, We are such a special mechanism that, of course, we're going to be picking up signals and, of course, you know, the, the law of attraction and all that stuff. You know, Generally, when you think something's wrong, there's something wrong and that's because we're picking up energies. And I think you're 100% right, Seal. So many people are quick to discount it, um, whether it's years of conditioning or it's, they talk about, and this will get go a bit woo-woo, but I don't know whether you believe in ghosts or not, but they talk about kids can see ghosts, adults can't. Kids can see them because they haven't been conditioned out of so not to. that that's wrong and that's yep. that's not meant to be there and, and we might see them every day and have no idea. Well, we're just conditioned to say no. So Look, 100% right, people I, will ignore. I got the same thing from that documentary I've seen. That on that day, there were so many signs that he received, yeah. he still raced. In the last 24 hours, he received so many. Like, even someone said to him, you don't have to go. Yep. You don't have to do it. You know? but, but then what would have happened in real terms if he had not raced? Uh, we yeah, all he go wasn't and on God. the leaderboard. He wasn't, he wasn't there. To, like, that was the year they had the automatic. Um, no, that was the year when they, uh, the, the automatic suspension was banned. Oh, it was the year after, right. So. I mean, oh, you so just know what human beings are like. So if he doesn't race that, all of a sudden we're talking in completely. One, he'd. He'd probably still be alive, but yeah, two, ah, right. uh, pussy didn't race. You're right, you're right. You're as right, if you yeah. were, because that's what a shit. So, so what do, are you, you saying? Know? Is that sometimes we shut down our ego and even our belief that God is sending us messages for the sake of our ego? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, crazy, so, how, so how many times do we do that? Because I can tell you, boys, it, that happened to me some twenty odd years ago. I was selling a, a, a house on the Gold Coast. I, I finished selling and then I took the client out to the uh, casino and we celebrated and at around four o'clock, I decided to drive him home to the airport to send him home to Sydney. And so I'm, I'm going from uh, the casino to Brisbane because that's where his plane was. And twice I had a sign, Thomas, you're tired, pull over, just get a bit of oxygen into your brain. And I decide, no, 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 I have to get there. This guy, I, I drop him off and then I'll sleep, you know. And the third time I, I uh, was awoken by the client. <laughs> and he screamed his head off. My car was spinning on the uh, freeway at 100 k's an hour. And then it hit wow. the ravine on the, the creek on the uh, left-hand side. And it just went for over 500 meters with parts of cars everywhere. <laughs> and... Uh, I, I thought to myself afterwards, mate, you were warned. And you said no, then you were warned a second time. There you go. And for English-speaking people, he meant ravine. <laughs> I don't know what a ravine <laughs> is, but he, he meant ravine. That's exactly what I was thinking. I lost that. Other coming back, coming back to the Senate. Do you know, this, this is a funny thing, is that you, you English people, take <laughs> you, work. You English people. Take. <laughs> you fucking nah. racist. The leader <laughs> of the One Nation Party is fucking into us. You take French words. Oh, here we go. And then you, you just 
change the way we pronounce it. Listen, you took, you it's like you take the words. It's like you take the words lingerie in French. We say lingerie, and then you call it lingerie. I thought you were going to call it lingerie. Like, come on, seriously, <laughs> don't do that. I want to ask you a question because I think you're going to talk about more good stuff. I want to ask yeah, an yeah. honest question to TL because I'm going to be honest. I tried to find some bad stuff. Oh yeah, that's good. Well, I tried. I didn't have a lot of success. No. I don't know a sports person on the planet who hasn't courted their fair share of controversy to go along with being a great bloke. Was there any... We're talking about how much we can learn from this somewhat demigod. Yeah. Was there any bad stuff? Because when no one's perfect, yeah? No, no one. I think no one's perfect. The controversy is this, is that I think that Ayrton was probably misunderstood. The best year of Ayrton was against Alain Prost. And Alain Prost is French. And back in those days, in Formula One, if you ever go to Paris, that's where you will see the headquarters of Formula One. And Ravins everywhere. And Ravins every, uh, everywhere, yeah. And then, and, and then, <laughs> you just shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while to click on what's the Ravins. Sorry. And he can't even At the say. time, the and head was... Jean-Marie Balestre. Jean-Marie Balestre is also was a French president. It was so biased. So, man, there were so many things against this guy. I mean, this guy turns up for his first race in Monaco. First time ever, right? He was called in and he arrives at um, Monaco and... They interviewed him. They said, um, how well do you think you're going to go, blah, 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 on the weekend? He goes, oh, I don't know. This is my first time here. I just arrived. I need to see what the tracks look like because I don't know. And he almost beat Alain Prost. The only reason he didn't beat Alain Prost in that heavy rain where he overtook everyone, everyone, even Lauda was having uh, accidents and people were spinning left, right, and center, is that Alain Prost could see he was catching up And he said to them, stop the race. We can't drive anymore. Stop the race. And this center was just flying. He was catching them seconds after seconds. So I think that sometimes you can be so great. And the greater you are sometimes, the more enemies you attract. Especially when everything seems to be French. So you're saying the worst thing about him was he was too good? I think no. I found something about him dating a 15-year-old when he was 25. But then I read further that in Brazil that's the culture, so that's no, that, that, what I, yeah. that I that I don't know. So you might you might be right. Yeah, I'm just, that, I'm that just saying there is no. And, but then also you might be wrong. So you need to check Kobe your source Bryant, first. No, I, I said I said okay. that might might have been. I'm, I'm asking you because you started no. every inch of his life. No. Wasn't there a case where he won pole position on a certain race, and the second was Alan Prost? Pole position would have had the driving line into the corner. But at the last moment, they changed the rules and changed the pole position yes. from left to right-hand side. Yeah. And that decision came from the but French the French guy, which, who was the president of that Formula One. Yeah. So there was a lot of things changed to suit Alan Prost during that time. So he would have had a, a very good reason to lose his shit, yeah. but he didn't. He still kept his cool majority of the time. No, no, he wasn't, unha- he wasn't happy, mate. No, he wasn't happy. And he, he, and, and he said to them, listen, you know, that is garbage. And that's why, at the start, he took Alain Prost out. He didn't even break, right? So I'm not saying that you know, he's got stuff that, that are bad or anything at all. But I, I think that if we had to go through 
the kind of humiliation. You have to think about this. In the 1980s, a Brazilian leading the world championship, a Brazilian doing better than a German, a French, or an Italian. Are you serious? So, yes, there, there's a lot of things. Just go further to what I you're saying. I think it's more important. I'm not doing it at being asked. I think it's no, important to say. know no, that. No, it's important. No, it's no important. one's perfect. You can still you do say. great things. And the fact that you might have fucked up 10 years ago doesn't mean you can't do great things for the next 10 years. That's all. I'm no, 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 no. I, I don't think that he's done many of those things that people say. Mainly because I think his upbringing was so based on principles that I, I believe that they are fake news. Yeah, right? But be, have yeah. a look. I've been watching a series on, um, not series, a documentary on Maradona. Maradona went to, uh, what is it? Um, Real Madrid? No, 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 no. He never played for them. He, he, he went to Italy, uh, mm. south of Italy. Um, anyway, we, we, we'll, we'll find the team, all right? He plays for them. He wins championship for them. He does amazing thing for them. Then he gets involved into cocaine and drugs and all these things because... That's what they do to own your ass, right? They get you to, to, to get sniff a bit of, a, of those things and then suddenly afterwards you, you, they own you. And when Maradona and the Argentinian beat Italy in a World Cup championship on Italy soil, everything turned against Maradona. Suddenly, in the next few days, they came up with the, his drug habits. They came up with all the stuff, the women, the prostitute, all of these things. Seriously? Come on, mate. We only read some of the stuff about people afterwards because it didn't fit them before didn't fit that. Didn't the narrative, yeah, 100%. Right? Yep. Uh, I think it was uh, Naples. That's yeah, it. Really that, that was, he, he played for Naples. And this is the same thing. Listen, I've read quite a fair amount about Senna. I've never read that stuff about Senna. No, that's why I'm that, asking that I've never that's, read it. That's no. why I wasn't, I wasn't throwing accusations. No. I was asking you. Because a few of the things I took away from what I saw was... Um, one of the things the he said, always, or he said, always be learning. Even when you're at the top, you have to look forward. Don't rest on your laurels. You need to look forward because if you don't look forward, someone behind you is. He goes, so always look to be better. Oh, I thought that was amazing. You can train your muscles and your reflexes, but it all comes down to what you do with your mind. And that was an interview with he did. He goes, oh, I can train my body and my reflexes going around a corner at you know 200 kilometers an hour, but it comes down to what I believe. Not yeah. what my body can do. Yeah. There, there are many lines that I don't agree with either. You know, like he came up with that line, you know, you either be first or the first of the losers. I, I disagree with that. I, I think that the way that he said it was wrong. And Ricky Bobby said the same thing. I, I also... You're not first, you're last. <laughs> so, 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 you know, some of the lines I disagree with. This is why I say he's not a hero of mine. He's not the guy that will uh, set the bar upon which I have to aim to reach. He simply is a very normal guy who stuffs up, who actually shows me how to just lead a good life, help others, but master whatever position yep. you do in your job. All I know, Chris, though, is there's 17 photos of him and not one of us in here, mate. So <laughs> um, I'd, 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 that's all. <laughs> Could you fit in a racing car? <laughs> Wait, yeah, yes, I've been in, eh? The, the co-driver couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> the the poor bloke who... The co-driver had collapsed lungs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, boys. Good chat. This is Thanks, fantastic. Steve. Thank you very much. Hey, awesome.